coming here and um, jumping on with me. Um, I'm really excited to really what we're going to discuss. So can you um, tell us who you are and what do you do? Yeah, this is a pretty loaded question, right? The first thing I'd say is like for you guys that have never met me before, I don't know who I am. Um, you know, my name is Luke Pierce. I live on the Gold Coast, been on here uh, for the last, what, 10 years. And I run a training company that helps people change the way they think, feel and act, certify and learn uh, NLP, timeline therapy and hypnotherapy. So I've been doing that for the last, uh, I've been training that for the last couple of years, been learning about it for the last 10 years, which is really cool because uh, the other day I said, oh my God, I actually realized I've been learning about it for a decade. And I don't know about you, but I've always wanted, like, I've heard people say, I've been doing this for a decade. So man, for some reason that sounds pretty cool. So uh, yeah, that's, um, that's who I am and what it is I do. But realistically, like it's just such a small part of it. Do you know what I mean? If you wanted another answer, that would be, well, I'm a human being floating through the infinite space on a giant rock that I have no idea what we're here for, why we came here for, what it is that we're meant to be doing. I'm trying to do the very best that I can every single day, not to, uh, you know, stuff it all up. But along the way, I'm discovering more about myself and the reason why I'm here. So I think that's another version as well. There's many. Mm. So right. if that helps out. <laughs> so how did you get into this line of work? Yeah, so it's, um, like I said, it's been about uh, 10 or 12 years now. So I'm 31. When I was about 18, uh, you know, I was going through like a really like a really, really shitty time in my life. I was literally broke on all areas, which is very common, right? It's very common. It's like, this is a, uh, this is the, this is the path. You can't, not many people get on this path by just waking up and thinking, oh no, it was all just really sweet. It was really easy. It's like, no, it wasn't. It was, um, it was pretty freaking tough back in the day, but I had many, many moments where I find, I found out that what I was doing in that moment was just not what I want to be doing. It was what other people thought that I should be doing. And, uh, you know, that led me to the point where I was super frustrated, super lost. I started drinking. I started doing, you know, a lot of really stupid things to distract myself from how like empty, how unhappy that I was. And, you know, I just remember waking up one day and looking around and just thinking, shit, can this get any effing worse? Like I'm 18. I haven't even started yet. And this is how, like, this is how things are going already. And I just remember like hearing this little voice saying, it's like, like, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. And I truly believe, and I still believe till now, it's like, that was my intuition. My intuition was like, no, 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 no. That's just what you're doing. That's not who you are. Mm. And that was the first moment. That was the first moment in my life I was literally really conscious about that little voice. And I was like, holy shit, what's going on? Like, am I going crazy? Have I obviously drank too much? Like, what's, what's been going on? And yeah, I just started listening to that voice. I'm like, well, what do I do? And all it kept on saying was like, change. You know that where you are right now is not where you want to be. So like move, you've got to do something differently. And it took me, it took me like two weeks, I think two weeks, just under two weeks to pack up every single thing that I ever had, which was not much. And, uh, you know, cut all my ties from the place that I was living at. I was living in Harvey Bay, which is, um, you know, in Queensland. And I moved down to the Gold Coast like four, four and a half hours away. And I've been back there twice since. So I, I made the decision to like totally have like a fresh slate. 
It's like, dude, what you're doing here ain't working. If you stay here, you're either going to end up killing someone else, someone's going to end up killing you, or you're going to end up in jail, or you're just going to end up living a life that you do not want. Hmm. And uh, I don't know about you, I don't know about other people listening, but that's very motivating to change. Hmm. You know, pain is a very good motivator. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't have to be that way, but for that point in time in my life, man, it motivated the shit out of me. I was like, this is, no, I don't want to do this. So like I said, I packed up and I left. And uh, when I left, someone gave me the audio book from uh, Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. Mm. And that was the first, that was like the first sort of introduction of there's tools out there to change the way that you think, feel and act. There's tools out there to change the way that you live your life. And it blew my mind because like I said, I was 18. I was like, oh my God, where are these? Like, why haven't I never heard of this stuff before? You know, why, uh, why haven't other people told me about this? Mm. And ever since that moment, ever since that moment, like I've just, uh, you know, I've been so hungry to learn about different ways of doing things just for myself to start with, you know, just with myself to start with. And that's what led me onto the path of NLP, timeline therapy, you know, all, all sorts of modalities that help people change. How did you feel about hypnotherapy when you first heard about it? Oh my goodness. Well, how's this right? I can still remember the very first time I saw hypnosis was at a stage show, stage mm -hmm. show when I was like maybe eight years old, nine years old. Mm -hmm. And we all went down to this like little pub, this little hotel, and they had this hypnotist up there and, you know, everyone was full of grog and I was only a young fellow. I don't even know if I was supposed to be there or not, but everyone was full of grog. And then they got people up onto the stage and they were doing all sorts of just dumb stuff. Now for me, being a nine-year-old kid, I thought that that was magic because it is magic, right? It is magic. You're getting people up from the stage. You, you're getting them to do really silly things. And I was like, oh my God, that's magic. But then all the people around me were like, oh, that's bullshit. That's not real. You know, they're just drunk and all these sorts of things. So for a nine-year-old kid, I had many misconceptions, many uh, misunderstandings about it. But then obviously when I was probably like 18, 19, 20, I started using it for myself. I started using it for myself to change the way I think, feel, and act and different things. And um, once you do something and you experience it, you're absolutely certain about it. So once I did hypnosis and it worked, once I did hypnosis and it changed the way that I felt, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is just the thing. This is a real deal. And then obviously I went on to learn it and that just made it even more clear because I understand you know, every part, why it works, why it doesn't work and all these sorts of things. But, um, you know, it's just like anyone else. I thought it was a whole heap of bullshit. Mm. You know, I was like, does it really work? It looks cool. It looks really powerful, but does it actually work? And that is, and that was, and it still will be forever. That was a very defining moment for my life, getting that 100% certainty of like, no, this freaking works. This is very powerful. And, uh, you know, ever since that day, I've been using it ever since. Mm. It's probably one of my main go-to tools. I think it's one of the most profound tools that, um, you know, that is available for people and super easy to learn. I could teach someone hypnosis pretty much the ins and outs of it within a, a few hours. Like it's not rocket science. It's very, very simple. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, a lot, of, um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of misconceptions about hypnotherapy. Whereas, you know, you're talking but, about going on stage and doing silly things. And I think that's what yeah. a lot of people that I've talked to think that hypnotherapy is. 
Yeah, and it's so true, right? Because there's two stages. There's hypnotherapy, like therapy for change, and then there's hypnosis. And hypnosis is more about the stage. It's more about the entertainment. So, you know, the, the thing that most people don't understand is the people that go on stage and they have a laugh and they have a giggle, number one, the environment is set up for entertainment. They know that before they even get there. So the unconscious mind is like, boom, we're going here for entertainment. We're not going up there on stage to share our, you know, stuff that we want to clear up. But what most people don't know and what they don't really understand is the person that gets up on stage and acts like a fool, they'd probably do exactly the same thing if they had two or three beers or two or three wines. Do you know what I mean? Like it's already, it's already within them. And the hypnotist, the hypnotist is not going to bring up anyone on stage that is introverted and that is going to not play the game because that would not be a good show and they wouldn't get people coming back or doing anything. Hmm. You know, so um, this is the biggest thing that I, that I say and teach people uh, that come to my trainings to learn this, right? It's like hypnosis is something that you are. It's not something that you do. You can't not do hypnosis. And this is, this is a big thing that when I learned that, I was like, holy shit, we're doing this like 24-7. We can't not do it. Because hypnosis is just accessing different brainwaves. You can't not access different brainwaves unless you're bloody dead and then you don't have any brainwaves, right? But uh, it, it's something that you are. Mm. And this is really fundamental when people understand that. They're like, oh, my God, like I'm doing this 24-7. Like, yeah. Because you're in a, you know, we, are, we all understand that we're in a certain brain wave now. But as we go to sleep at nighttime, we go down through these different levels of brain waves to get to delta. Delta is sleep. Mm. Delta is you're gone. And then guess what? When you wake up back in the morning, guess what you have to pass through? You have to pass through theta and theta is the brain wave of hypnosis. And then you get back up to alpha and then you get back up to beta, which is sort of like our everyday um you know sort of activity so hypnosis is not yeah it's not this oh my god this mystical things things are mystical when you don't understand how they work yeah once you understand how they work it's like oh that's a process that's just a that's a tool so i actually have a question from someone who is uh interested in how this works so yep. the question is, for the hypnotherapy, is it possible to completely rewrite someone's personality? If yes or no, to what extent can it be altered? Well, the answer is yes. And the extent is hugely depending on the person, uh, depending on what it is that they want to do, and also depending on the hypnotherapist, depending on what tools they have, depending on what they believe. Because, you know, the, the first thing is, is like as a hypnotherapist, you are only going to get as much out of your client as you believe is possible. Mm. All right. So it's like your client is not going to actualize. Your client's not going to do anything that you don't believe to be true. So if you don't think that, uh, you know, hypnosis is going to work for quit smoking, you've got a pretty much a very small chance of it actually working. If you're a hypnotherapist and you are certain, absolutely certain that it works and that you know what you're doing and that you can get the result, boom, they'll, they'll quit just like that. Mm. Right? So the answer is yes, hugely. Can it change your personality? 100%. Can it change it hugely? Yes, depending on the person, depending what they want to change and why they want to, and why they want to change. Mm. So 
How did you go from wanting to learn about all of this to wanting to teach about it? Yeah, so I suppose like when when I moved to the Gold Coast, when I moved to the Gold Coast, I was probably about 19. Now, I was a butcher then, right? I was a butcher. I was an apprentice butcher. Uh, came to the Gold Coast, got my certificate in butchery, blah, blah, blah. It was all really good. But what happened is through that transition, through that, um, through that path, I actually, because I was an absolute mess myself, right? Drinking, smoking, just, you know, totally unhealthy. I started going to the gym. I started paying a personal trainer and I really looked after myself. I really got myself sorted out. And within that, I got the, like, I got the bug or I got the thirst of, man, I really enjoy looking after myself and I really enjoy helping other people look after themselves. All right. So I became a personal trainer. I was like, man, I'm going to become a personal trainer. I'm going to do what, uh, you know, all these other people would do for me. So I did that and, you know, went and got uh, qualified and all that sort of stuff. And the first six weeks of being in a commercial gym with like 40 other personal trainers is I realized that it had very little to do with the human body. I was like, man, this has got nothing to do with the human body, very little to do and everything to do with up here. So when I was there, people started sending their clients to me just to have a chat. All right, because for whatever reason, naturally, I'd be able to help them change the way that they're looking at things. And obviously, that would change what they're doing within their life. And then one of my good mates, he's a PT there as well. He's like, dude, why, why are you doing PT? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, why are you doing PT? You, you talk to more people than you actually train. Hmm. I was like, oh, I never really thought of it. He's like, have you ever thought about like becoming a coach, like just doing this, but not training, like not training, just talking to them? I was like, man, shit, not really. Not really. And, you know, then I did. I just started talking to people. And then as I started to talk to people, I understood that more and more people would open up to me with more heavy duty stuff. And when they started really opening up to me with the heavy duty stuff, I discovered that I didn't know what to do with the heavy duty stuff. I was like, man, finding the heavy duty stuff, no problem at all. Boom. There it is. There it is. There it is. But then I was like, shit, what do I do with it now? And that's where I went into, okay, cool. I've got to go and, you know, really sharpen my skills up to be able to help people get rid of this stuff, so to speak. Because if you're not helping clearing someone's stuff up, but you're helping it bring their stuff up, all you're doing is making that connection or that event stronger within their mind. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I thought, okay, cool. I want to go and learn NLP. Once I got in the LP, I already knew what it was about. But then like hypnosis and I, 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 I figured out that they were all linked together. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, you know, saw that hypnosis stage show when I was little. Yeah. And everything sort of just fell into place. And since then, uh, I remember writing down a piece of paper. I still got it somewhere. Is like I will master these skills. Like I'll absolutely master these skills, not only for myself, but for others. And, uh, you know, every single day since then, I've been fascinated on how and why people do what they do. I think it's, um, you know, for me, like, that's my game. I just, I just think it's awesome. Yeah. What were some of the common um, kind of challenges that people came to you when? Wow, shit. Well, I think the first, the first challenge was me, right? My goodness, I was, I was my biggest challenge. Trying to sort out what you want to do, why you want to do it, uh, what's holding you back from doing all those sorts of things. But 
I think now probably the biggest, the biggest thing that I see people for or help people with is finding, like finding out what the hell it is that they're meant to be doing here or finding out what it is that they want to be doing that. And then, you know, either showing them the path as in, Hey, go down that path and go as far as you can or teaching them skills and tools to be like, right, you're going to go on this journey either way. You're going to need some skills. You're going to need some tools while you're going there to change some different things around. Um, but yeah, I suppose like when I first started, it's like, you know, people come to you for depression, anxiety, a traumatic experience from the past, weight loss, um, you know, quit smoking, habits, all, all sorts of different things, right? They want to increase their performance. But as I started doing all those sorts of things, I started realizing very quickly that it was all very surface level. Mm. And, you know, all these things that were happening on the surface level were pointing down to sort of what I work with people today. And that's finding out what are you here to do? Are you doing it? Because if you're not doing it, that's going to eat you up from the inside out. You know, it's, um, it's literally crippling. There's nothing worse than doing something you don't want to do or something that you know that you're not meant to be doing. Yeah. You know, shit, we're only here once, so it's not really um, it's not really a fun game to live your life doing the things that you don't want to do. Yeah. So a lot of people that I've come across, and I would say including myself, have um, gone through some kind of trauma, whether it's something huge or something small that someone said something yeah. to them and they yeah. can't forget it how does someone who's gone through that change their mindset and able to move forward and not have that thing that constantly holds them back from living the life that yeah. they want and yeah. a true purpose yeah so the the first thing is it's like your like people's trauma is going to be relative to them right it's like you said someone's totally traumatic event could be them i don't know getting asked to come up and speak in front of the school and they didn't they weren't prepared and then they were humiliated or whatever it might be that could be for someone the most traumatic experience ever but then for someone else they could have got like abused they could have got raped they could have got yada 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 there's a million different things right so i think the first thing when people talk about trauma or when we talk about trauma is just getting people to understand that it's like not all trauma is what people think it is. Not all trauma is, you know, significant abuse. Your trauma is your trauma. It doesn't matter what it is because it's relative to you. So it all matters. All right. Then the very next thing is like, well, you've got to understand what, like, what's the negative emotions around the trauma? People are going to have anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, shame, humiliation, resentment, bloody, bloody, bloody. It goes on and on and on. Well, it's like, okay, those, those um, negative emotions are consuming energy within your system, within your body. And that energy that they're consuming is like your life force. It's the things that's recharging your cells. It's the thing that's rebuilding your body. It's the stuff that you want to go out and express to the world, creating a business, singing, doing art, whatever it is you want to do. So that's the first thing. You've got to understand, all right, cool. My trauma is my trauma. Happy days. Number two. This trauma is taking away my life force and taking away my energy. Then the next thing is step number three, you've got to, you know, obviously know what the trauma is, but you've got to come to peace with that sucker. 
Now, this is the so-called challenging things because sometimes people are like, well, how can you come to peace with uh, someone bashing you? Or how can you come to peace with something really horrific happening back in the day? It's like, well, put it this way. If you don't, it's going to fucking control your life forever. Hmm. All right. So that's motivation to actually do something about it. Number two, you're going to have to find out, okay, cool. Well, if you're looking at trauma, most people identify more negatives than positive through trauma, right? Mm -hmm. But we live, have a look at this thing. We live in a beautiful thing called duality. You can't have a one-sided coin. You don't have a uh, one pole without the other. So within the yin and yang, within the yin and the yang, it's literally the sign of living in harmony with yourself and the world and the universe. So it's come back to balance, come back to peace, come back to equilibrium in the middle. Not, oh my God, this was the most horrific thing that ever happened to me. And not, oh my God, this was the best thing that ever happened to me with no benefits. It's like, no, this thing, it just happened. Wasn't necessarily good, wasn't necessarily bad. And that's balancing your perception because perception is the game. It's one of, um, you know, who was the bloody, uh, there was a psychologist uh, or philosopher, I can't think of his name now, but he's like the, the biggest breakthrough in modern day, um mankind is understanding that your perception is the most powerful thing that you've got mm. if you can change that happy days all right perfect example someone goes two people go on a roller coaster one person gets off that roller coaster and they're as wide as this friggin' wall they're, they're traumatized they don't want to go on again mm -hmm. and the next person gets off and they're already in line they're ready to go again so what's the difference between those people Perception. One, yeah, perception. One thinks it's the best thing ever. It's the most exhilarating, joyful thing ever. Mm. And the other person thinks it's the most terrifying ever. Mm. And the reason why that is, is that comes from their memory, right? That becomes, that comes from what they've learned in the past. So with timeline therapy, with hypnosis, with uh, NLP, you get the tools to change the way that you look and change your perception on different events. Mm. Now, if you change an event from, oh my God, that's the worst day of my life. If you change that to, that's the best day of my life. That's the day where I understood who I truly was. That's the day where I stood up and started, uh, you know, defending myself. That's the day where I really connected with, um, you know, my source, the bloody the universe, God, whatever people want to call it. Well, then that's when you get radical change instantly, because rather than that being the most negative thing that ever happened to you, now you've turned it into, oh my God. I'm going to use that to my benefit. Mm. And you can use that as power rather than disempowerment and a drawback. You can use it as a benefit. So, so just, if you can come to put it this way, right? If, and when you come to peace on the inside of yourself, you have won the fair majority of the game. Mm. Because people beat themselves up. People relive those negative, those traumatic events over and over and over. But the reason why that is, is because their unconscious mind is telling them, it's knocking on the door saying, hey, we've got a whole heap of stuff here from the past that we haven't cleaned up. Yeah. It's all imbalanced. You know, we've got this event here that we thought only negatives came from it. And then we've got this, this event here that we thought only benefits come from it. And that's not true because we do not live in a one-sided world. We live in duality. There's always good and there's always bad. Yeah. 
So if you can do that, oh my God, it's, it's very simple when you think about it. And sometimes, sometimes it's um, simplicity can get overlooked. Sometimes people are like, oh, it's, it can't be that easy. It's like, well, you'd never know, not with that belief, because you'd never do it. Mm. But I'm telling you right now, it's like, if you're listening to this right now, no matter where it is that you are, what it is that you've gone through, if you can understand that the, that the perception is the game, and if you can balance out that perception, you will flip your world upside down the best possible way, then you will find this podcast, this, in, this interview, very, very helpful. Mm. Like, hugely helpful. So by changing, talking about the perception, by changing perception and everything that you said, yep. is it possible to change how you feel about the trauma after hugely yes, and kind of reliving it for who knows how long? And yes. yeah, so you can change how you, you emotionally feel about the trauma that had happened. Yeah, definitely. So we've got to think of like emotion is just a, like it's a doorbell. It's a button. That's why people say, oh, did I push your buttons? It's like, well, yeah, you did. But the only reason why you pushed the buttons is because there was a button there to push to start with. So within these traumatic events, we've gone through them. Let's say we go through them at you know early ages, whatever it might be. If we imagine like a five-year-old version of myself compared to a five-year-old version uh, between the version of the mindset that I have now, we could understand that they're very different. Mm. You could understand how like a five-year-old kid might think, oh my God, someone at school said that I was stupid and I was dumb and I couldn't read. Compared to if someone said that to me now, I'd be like, I, it just, I wouldn't even register it. Mm. But the little five-year-old kid does. A little five-year-old kid takes it all on board. Do you know what I mean? So the, the, the negative emotion is literally there saying, hey, we need to clean this stuff up from the past. Something happened and you perceive that more, you know, more bad happened or more good happened. Something happened that you didn't want to happen. And now we've got this negative emotion. It's knocking on the door saying, hey, we've got to clean this up. And once you do clean that up, and when I say clean it up, I'm talking come to peace with it, come to, uh, you know, get it equal, get it balanced. Then you will look at that event like, oh, it's not, you know, bad and it's not good. If anything, it probably, you know, it created who I am today. Mm. So you can have gratitude, you can have love, you can have acceptance rather than resentment, hate, and, um, you know, envy or anger, whatever it might be. Yeah. So a lot of the times we have voices in our head and... Yeah could be based on trauma we experience or it's just I like I feel it's a it's a way of keeping us safe um yes I'd like to go into like what you think the voices are where they come from why they're there yeah definitely right so I think like a really a really powerful thing to start off with because I've heard this many 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 times before and I know a lot of people think about this Everyone talks to themselves up in their mind, right? Everyone has voices. Uh, you know, back in the day, they you had psychologists that would get people down, uh, you know, into their sessions, and the person would say, "Oh, I've got voices in my head," and the person, the psychologist sitting down, would be like, "Okay, got voices in the head," saying it in the head. So everyone talks to themselves in their head, and it could come up in different tones and different, you know, voices and different levels and all that sort of stuff. So. On one part, it is very, very normal. So I think a lot of people think, oh, shit, so I'm not crazy. 
obviously then there's the other end of the spectrum where yeah if you got voices in your head saying you know go and burn the city down or whatever it might be you need to get you need to talk to someone to get that sorted out but the, the the voices in your head they're all there for a lesson they're telling you hey we're imbalanced mm. we've got shit we've got so much stuff from the past that we haven't dealt with and therefore we have all these voices that pop in our head and they say oh you're not good enough you're too stupid oh don't say that oh my god do you remember that time when you were 10 years old and you did this and it's 40 years down the track mm. you know it, it's it's all this craziness and the noise the noise within your mind is a like it's a gift for you to wake up it's a gift for you to be like you know what i haven't dealt with this stuff from the past it's a it's an opportunity for you to clean up whatever it is you need to clean up because those voices have got a purpose or an intention you don't just have them for the sake of having them so you know perfect example someone says oh i've always got this voice and it's telling me that i'm not good enough and that i'm stupid okay cool what's the purpose or intention of the voice it might say punishment okay well now you know that you've obviously done something in the past that you believe that you need punishment for so you definitely want to clear that up because if not man that'll that'll floor you but something else it might say protection okay cool well what's this voice protecting you from well if i always say to myself that i'm dumb and i'm stupid and you know i can't do it then i won't go out in the world i won't do what it is that i want to do and that way i can't fail and i can't be rejected and i can't be humiliated and then if you ask the person well what's your biggest fears i can nearly guarantee they'll say you know being humiliated failing and getting rejection mm. so these voices have a purpose or intention but if you didn't know that you would think that they are just there to make your life hell and it's it couldn't be further from the truth mm. so when someone has those voices come up for them what's mm -hmm. something they could take doing? away from it yeah what are they like this this is a really powerful one right the first thing that i would say is let's just say the voice comes up and the voice says whatever it is that it says mm -hmm. first thing what's the purpose or intention you say hey thanks voice what's the purpose or intention of saying that what's the purpose or intention of that get an answer okay cool so you're after protection you're after safety you're after bloody blah then what you want to do is you want to ask a question now this voice this thing this inner thought that i'm having who does it look like sound like or feel like it's going to be someone that you know it could be mom dad brother sister you know uh teachers bosses bloody whoever it is friends but you got to understand that that voice is not necessarily yours because if you get that voice then you say all right what's the purpose or intention of this oh safety Okay, cool. Who does it look like, sound like, or feel like? Oh my God, it's my mom. All of a sudden, that takes the charge off it, you know, significantly because you're like, shit, it's not actually me. It's a part of me that has, I've taken on board from my mom because she just wants to keep me safe. Hmm. And you understand that most mothers want to protect their children, right? Yeah. You understand that most mothers, um, you know, when their son or their daughter comes home and says, hey, mom, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be the biggest and best thing in the planet. And the mom links, you know, uncertainty and, um, you know, not being safe to that. What are they going to say to the person? Hmm. 
Nine times out of 10, they aren't going to say, hey, let me roll out the red carpet and help you. They'll say, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should do that. You know, I had this Arnie once who tried to do their own business and they went bankrupt, whatever the story is. Yeah. And guess what? That story goes straight in your unconscious mind. And then people play that story like it's on freaking repeat. And yeah. that's these voices. It's the, it's the little stories on repeat. Once, once you come to peace with yourself or a lot, of your, a lot of yourself with your stuff from the past, you begin to get very, very still within your mind. I've had, uh, you know, people time and time again, after they do a session of timeline therapy or whatever it might be, they send me a message or they ring me up and they say, hey, I think something's wrong. I'm like, oh, shit, what's, what's going on? <laughs> I, I feel really empty. I'm like, okay, is it empty or is it still? like oh shit maybe it's still i feel really still i feel really centered i'm like okay well that's that's the baseline that's default that's what you want but the thing is is people have been so charged up from these negative emotions over a lifetime when they don't have them it feels different it feels strange mm. so i can tell you right now one of one of the most important things like within my life is my own inner peace like my own sanity within my life yeah, I don't. I don't always get it, man. My mind's fucking going a million miles an hour all the time. But yeah, when I do have conflict, I understand it and I go to work with the tools and I clear it up. Sometimes yeah. it takes a month. Sometimes it takes a week. Sometimes it takes a day or a couple of minutes. Just depends on you know many different things. Yeah. So one of the um, what you were discussing before about you know fear of rejection. Um, one thing that came up was a fear of failure. What oh, yeah. does that mean to you? Well, to me right now, the fear of failure is like failure is a weird thing. Like I don't believe it's a true thing. Mm. I, don't, I just don't believe it's a true thing. I think it's a very misconcepted concept because the only way that I personally could fail at something is I just said, you know what? I'm not putting any more time or energy into this sucker to learn how to do it. You know, so if you had asked me that 10 years ago, I would have said, Oh my God, that means that I'm useless. I'm unworthy. I'm not, you know, I'm not lovable all the stories. But now I'm just like, if, if I fail now, I understand that I've learned how to do something, uh, quicker than not failing hmm. i truly believe that like you know i tell my students i'm like you just want to excuse my french but you just want to fuck up as quick as you can because you're going to you're absolutely going to so when you can move through that really quickly and when you can move through that and as soon as you start to so-called fail or you find out that it doesn't work then you change and you change your approach i think that is true mastery and true wisdom hmm. Because you're going through the zigzag. You get to the end of the corridor. It's like, all right, this is not the way. Let's go back here. Oh, this is the way. Cool. And then you go again. You know, true, uh, true failure is, I just, I just don't believe that it's a, I just don't believe it's a thing. But many people do. It's so real in people's lives. That's the weird thing about it. You know, so um, what was I saying? What was I saying to someone the other day? It might even be yourself and we had our chat. Mm-hmm. If people, are, if people are scared of failing, that's going to stop them from doing a whole lot of stuff that they want to do in their life. 
and people people buy into fail, failure because they think that uh, by failing they're going to experience some amount of pain. Would you agree? Yeah. Like oh, I don't want to do that because if I fail, I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna feel some pain. Yeah. Well, it's like if they truly understood that if they don't actually go out and do the things that they want to do, one moment somewhere in their life is probably going to be before they transition and go on to wherever they go on to they're going to have a huge amount of pain and that's going to come in the form of regret uh remorse resentment and just that moment of thinking holy shit i fucking didn't do it i didn't do it i missed the boat i um you know i sat on the i sat in the free seats of the arena rather than being in the arena it's like i, I truly believe in that in that moment people are going to experience the most amount of pain and suffering within their lifetime. Mm. And that's something that's, that's driven me for a long time. It's like, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't believe that it's, um, yeah, I just don't think it'd be very fun. No. And it depends what type of pain you want. The pain of getting like to what you want or the pain of regret. And sometimes people just don't understand the difference. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, right? It's like, we've got to understand that there's always good and bad at everything that we do. So it's like someone saying, Oh, well, I'm not going to try because I don't want to fail. That's going to be perceived good because it's keeping them safe. But what they're unconscious to is the bad of the so-called negative of not doing the shit that they want. Now, on the other hand, the person that goes out and they're like, yeah, I don't care about fate. I'm just going to go and do everything that I want. Well, they might be deleting all the so-called negative things, all the bad things, all the challenges. And then they'll go out and do whatever it is that they want. They realize that it's a shit ton harder than what they thought. And that will absolutely floor them because they weren't expecting it. Now, a true, a true master, someone that's walking the path to mastery, they're going to understand, right, this is what I want to do. And I'm both aware of the negative and the positive. And I'm totally willing to take the both as long as I keep moving towards the thing I want. Mm. And that's, that's true that's true wisdom because something comes in and it doesn't go your way you could say to yourself well i knew that that was going to be a possibility and i still chose this path yeah and then on the flip side you could say oh my god you achieved your wildest dreams okay i definitely knew that was a possibility as well but i wasn't necessarily doing it to get a good or a bad thing i was doing it because i love to do it Mm. they're worlds apart they're worlds apart and some people live in that space and some people don't. And it turns out the people that live in that space suffer a little bit less than the people that don't. Mm. That's what I've, that's what I've understood. Um, yeah. People that go out and they've got all these big dreams and all this sort of stuff. And sometimes it's a bit, um, you know, people think you're pissing on their parade, but it's not, it's, it's mastery. It's wisdom. It's like, Hey, you understand how much challenge is involved in the thing that you want to do. And if they say no, well, then you understand that as soon as they get something that wipes them out, it's going to drive them through the ground because they weren't expecting it. See, personally, someone told me that. Sorry. What's that? Oh, you go, sorry. I said, personally, for me, like a while ago, when I perceived the um, value of fear, it was, it was an end to something. It was, it was, yet the stories came up. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough, yeah. you know, yeah. and you know, now it's more of a learning experience. That's why they, they say fail faster. 
Yeah, well, that's that's exactly right. It's like you're gonna go through it. You're gonna anytime you do something for the first time, you're probably not gonna be that great at it. So suck and be shitty as quick as you can, and <laughs> naturally you'll just become better. I like that. So um, <laughs> yeah, within failure, like one of the presuppositions, one of the sort of uh, corner posts of NLP is that there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. Yeah. There's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. It's like it either worked or it didn't work. Do what works and you'll probably find that, you know, life might be a little bit more pleasant. Mm. But I truly understand there's going to be some people watching this and I truly understand that like fear is such a real thing because it is one of the greatest illusions of, of time itself. It yeah. really is. You know, because then you ask people, it's like, well, if fear wasn't a thing, if you didn't have fear, what would you do? What would you want to do? And all of a sudden people come to life you know, because they understand, they understand, or there's a part of them that understands, but there's many, many things that that person wants to do. And they think, oh, the opportunity of actually doing that, it lights them up like a Christmas tree, it lights up all their pathways. Mm. You know, but then they say, then they go and they rattle off the list of all the things they want to do. And then all of a sudden the little voices come back in. They're like, oh, but, but I can't do that. It's like, well, you're right. You can't. Not with that level of thinking. You definitely won't. Mm. You know, so um, it's not a good thing or it's not a bad thing. It's just something that people need to be aware of, depending on what it is they want to do, depending on what it is they want to do. Everyone's going to be different. Some people want to grow a business. Some people want to grow a family. Some people want to do health and fitness. Some people want to do spirituality. I think if um, I think if we can understand that your your past your path of most resistance is going to be your path to like spirituality or your path to enlightenment. Hmm. But not many people want to walk past uh, walk down that path of resistance because it sucks. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know where you're going. Uh, you know, it always feels like you're sort of getting punched in the face. But the more you walk down that path, the more you understand, oh, shit, oh, I'm getting it. Okay, here we go. At least I'm on my feet now. You know, at least I'm on my knees rather than just getting kicked on the ground. Mm. And, you know, sometimes that takes some years. I mean, man, it's taken me, I've been doing this for bloody 11 years now trying to sort this thing out in here. And still, every day I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> you know, there's always something yeah absolutely mm. like, yeah I've been working on you know myself for the last seven eight years and yep. I think it's only yeah the like I went through something a few months ago where something happened and it kind of shifted everything for me and changed my perspective mm. on things and all of a sudden I'm yeah. like working through what I worked through for the last seven years. Yeah. Was that thing a decision? Do you think, like, do you think you actually really made the decision to be like, you know what, this is bullshit or you know what, like something needs to change. hundred percent. Yeah. And I did the same thing where I'm like, I need to make this decision right here, right now. That's like, I I had no other choice, but to make that decision. Exactly. Right. And the, the cool thing about it is if people don't make that choice, uh, life will force them to make it. It'll just keep getting, you know, harder and harder and harder. And that's when, 
you know, in the, the cross section of do I stay here or do I don't? Some people choose not to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're like, no, this is bullshit. I can't do this anymore. But, you know, other people, they make that decision like yourself, like we're talking about right now and things change. So, you know, I think that's very, very profound. If you can understand that, you can do all the self-help, you can read all the books, you can bloody talk to every man and their freaking dog about changing. But if you do not make that decision within yourself, it's all just going to be education without action. Yeah. You know, that is going to be a recipe for frustration. I think that's what changed for me personally is I started taking the action, especially on the days that I didn't want to. Yeah, hugely, hugely. I always say to people, it's like, and I say this to myself all the time, it's like, what resources, information, wisdom or insights am I not currently using that I have access to? Mm. I think it's a great question. It's like, if you think about it now for yourself or if you're watching this, it's like, what wisdom do you have now within your mind that you are not using? that would dramatically change the way that you think, feel, act or live. And you'd probably come up with a bloody page full. (laughs) And the the inside, the the gold out of that is like, start using it. Like we're talking about, you got to use it. Mm. I know so many people. And when I say this, I mean, I used to be one of them. I read every book under the sun. I watched every video about, you know, you, everything that you can think about. I knew it all off by heart. If someone else came to me, boom, I would say it with my eyes closed. But when it came to me, I wasn't doing it. Mm. And the reason why that was, was, you know, I was trying to protect myself from being seen. But it's like, okay, that's cool. I understand that. But that's also going to cause you a great amount of suffering down the track. So it's like, let's try and equalize this sucker. And rather than have massive reward down here and massive sacrifice here, why don't we just do this? Mm. Why why don't we level this sucker out so it's not, um, you know, it's not so up and down. So do you believe that everyone has everything inside that they need already? Yes, I do. I definitely do. Everyone's got everything that they need mechanically. Metaphysically, mechanically, I'm talking like thinking, their mind, all this sort of stuff. But how they go about it, that's, that's the thing that if you don't have that, if you don't have like a process of how to do something, it's like a recipe for a cake. This is the most cliche freaking you know, analogy out there, but you can, okay, cool. I've got all the tools to cook a cake under the sun. Got all the ingredients, all the stuff. Fuck's fine, I know how to do it. Do you put, you just throw everything in the oven? Like, no, that's not gonna work. Oh, why not? Well, first of all, you've got to get the bowl out. You've got to mix the stuff. You've got to pour the different things in, make sure it's level, blah, de, blah, de, blah. Then put it in the oven. It's like, all right, well, do we put it on for three days? No, don't do that. It's got to go on for 30 <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, this is why I truly believe like a lot of people get frustrated because unconsciously they know they've got the tools. They know that they've got everything. Mm. But depending on what they want to do, maybe someone doesn't want to make a cake. Maybe they're like, I couldn't give two shits about a cake. I want to have a, uh, a Sunday roast with all my family. Okay, cool. Well, that's going to be a different recipe. You're going to need different things. Mm. So that's, uh, that's the way that I would look at it. Yes, I do believe that everyone has everything within them. But that does, that's, not, that's not the fantasy side of you've got everything within you, you're just not using it. No, no, no. The, the more balanced approach is, yes, you do have everything 
that you have with inside you, you just don't know how to use it. So that's where education, that's where teaching and learning comes into it because you can teach people how to make a cake. And then what do they do? They go and make cakes for the next 60 years. Some people open up a cake shop. Some people eat a cake and then they realize, you know what, this cake actually, I, I don't want that. I want the Sunday roast. Okay, cool. Well, go and learn how to do that. So, yeah, I find a lot of people get caught up in the fantasy of, oh, all you need, you know, Tony Robbins thing is like, all I need is within me now. The answer is yes, that is very true. But there's also, you know, the light and the dark in that. You might not know how to use it. Mm. You know, it's like these affirmations. Affirmations are a great thing. They're very powerful. But if you're living on the fantasy, if you're only living in the light side of the yin and yang, that means you're cutting off 50% of everything that you're experiencing. And, you know, back in the day, I did this myself. And I still, you know, I've talked to a lot of people now about, oh, all I need is within me now. That's one of the most um, common, uh, what do you call them? Incantations, like Tony Robbins, right? It's really, really well known. And people think that, they believe in that, and then they get frustrated when things don't work. And then they start to beat themselves up and it starts the spiral and it goes, you know, more and more vicious than what it was bloody two weeks ago. Mm. It's like, yes, you got everything within you. You're a freaking genius. You're an absolute master. You are, uh, you know, you're uh, like, you're a fucking miracle. But then on the other hand, like if you don't know that, if you don't understand that, if you don't know how to put that all together and make it work, then you are going to be a pretty frustrated miracle. Mm. Um, yeah. That's what I think about that. <laughs> so my question for you is if you could leave one message for the listeners about everything that you've said today what would it be understand that uh, good and bad are concepts of the mind and understand that when you balance and find balance within your perception you will find inner peace and gratitude and love and all the things that you're looking for all right so balance your perceptions it's not good or bad it's got to be in the middle and if you're not doing that you're going to feel frustration and worry and stress and all those sorts of things so you know i know that's very very simple but if people take that on board you will start to see tremendous shifts within your life that's what I would say. I think that's the most important thing because people can do something. That's something that people can do. They can do in their mind all the time. Uh, you know, just a, a bit of wisdom. It's like give yourself permission to live the life that you are here to do. Not your mothers, not your brothers, not your sisters, not your partners, not your bloody children. You do whatever it is that you're meant to be doing. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's super important, right? So many people. Mm -hmm. I used to be one of them. Like, oh, I'll, I'll do what someone else says. It's not what you're here for. Hello. Nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. Oh, you go. So, like, I look up to a lot of people who, you know, have exceeded to just get there into words properly. Um, people I look up to, like mentors and people who've been through similar things that I've been through and mm -hmm. I don't believe that they got there 
by not experiencing the pain and not experiencing the thoughts of I'm not good enough. I, yeah. yeah. And I it's think that sometimes it's an image of what I perceive sometimes like, yeah, they got there. They're not lucky. Um, I've I talked to a lot of people who um, get messages from people saying, you're so lucky to have this business and you're so lucky to, you know, be the person who you are today. But I know that they experienced everything that we're currently going through as well. Well, that's, you know, I call it the path to master, right? You can't, you can't not go on the path. You, you can't not. If you're going to go to somewhere that is so-called somewhere great, you're going to have to go along the path somewhere along it. So, you know, what we're talking about is so true. The people that have so-called done great things, they haven't just fell there. You know, it doesn't work that way. Um, I heard a really good story about like Kobe Bryant, you know, obviously he passed away uh, last week and he was one of the greatest basketballers that have ever, you know, played the game. And I was listening to one of his stories and he was saying that in one of his games, he went to, to make a shot and he missed it and they lost the game, right? Now it's like, all right, big deal. It's an effing game, get over it. But for them, it's not a game, it's a way of life. You know, because they're masters, they link it into their life. They're not just there to play a game. This is how they play their life. It's exactly the same. And he said the very next day, what he did at like three o'clock in the morning, he went down the road from where he lives, wherever he lived. And he went to the school that has like a gym there with the basketball court. And he said that it was just him, just by himself. He went in there at three o'clock in the morning and he stayed there all day. And he shot just this one shot over and over and over and over and over again until it was like ingrained within every cell of it, every, on every level. Mm. And I just think it's like how many, I'm not saying that's what people have to do, but the mentality of that. He didn't, he, he didn't become one of the best basketball players on the planet just by practicing an hour a week. Mm. The man's down there at three o'clock in the morning going all day. So it's the same thing with anyone. It's the same thing with anyone. No one just bloody rocks up and it's like, oh, I read a few books and now I'm a fucking <laughs> genius. It's like, no, anyone that's mastered their life, they've dedicated themselves to it. Yeah. Maybe that's another good thing. Yeah, maybe that's a good thing that people need to, uh, to ask themselves as well. Like, what have you dedicated your life to? Mm. Some people, it's safety. Some people, it's procrastination. Some people, it's uh, a distraction. Oh, my goodness. Fuck, the amount of people that dedicate themselves to distraction is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we're all dedicated to something. You can't not be dedicated to it. And everyone's a master in something. Sometimes people are mastering distraction. Fuck, I know people that are bloody, like, grandmasters of distraction. Hmm. But the thing that they don't understand is because they're grandmasters of distraction, they're also going to be grandmasters of attention once they clear out the thing that's stopping them. Mm. Because you can't have, you can't have a one-sided coin. You don't know what a mountain is. You don't know what the peak of a mountain is unless you have the valley or the trough. If you didn't have the valley and you didn't have the trough, what you'd end up with is just flat ground. So the people that have the highest, um, you know, oh my God, life is so great. Nine times out of 10, they've had the lowest of lows because then they've got something to compare it to. Hmm. 
people that had the lowest of lows is every time I talk to someone and they're like, Oh my God, Luke, they're crying. They're doing all the things. And they're really, you know, worried about how shitty life has got. Because I understand that principle, I'm like, yeah, but once you clean this up, you're going to experience life on a whole new level like no one else could because you've been in this space. Yeah. You know, another perfect example for some people listening to this thinking, what the fuck is this dude on about? It's like, how do you know, how do you know that you've had a good day? Have you ever thought about this? It's like, how do you know that you've had a good day? Why is it that you can come home and say, do you know what? Today was a great day. Mm. Because within your mind, you've recorded every single experience that you've ever had and you are comparing it to days that you've had in the past. Yeah. So if you've never had like a really, really bad day, don't expect to have a really, really great day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, oh, it was, it was all right. <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's like, man, this one time I had to survive off bloody, I don't know, baked beans with maggots in it in, on a fucking stranded island for a month. Okay, cool. That's not me. This is just a story, by the way. And then, and then that person went and had like the finest dinner on the planet. Mm. Well, compared to maggots with baked beans in it, you could give them a Vegemite sandwich and they'd be over the moon. Yeah. Like it's all contrast, right? Um, that's that's a that's a law of the universe you can't get around that one so comparing it based on the emotions we felt on the on memories in the past yeah 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 usually well it's like events that have happened in the past you only know that today's a great day because in the past you had a so-called shitty day because if you've never had if you never had a shitty day how would you know what a great day was it's true yeah Here's a perfect example. This might be a little bit more clear. My intuition is like, no, nah, that's not where it's at. But my <laughs> intuition is trying this up, right? What would be your favorite food? Let's just, like just whatever it is. I don't care where it is. My favorite food? Yeah. Spaghetti bolognese. Okay, so spag bowl, right? Spaghetti bolognese. Mm-hmm. So let's just say if I said, hey, Ray, you can only eat that for every single meal for the next 30 days. How long do you last? Probably about three days. <laughs> okay, three days. So you did good. You got three days. So then you ask yourself the question it's like after three days let's just say you had to go eight days Mm. how's your what's your perception of this bag bowl i would never want to eat it again you're like i never want to see ever again okay cool 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 so now let's play this game right Mm. let's just say that you still love spag roll you didn't have to eat it for for 30 days straight but i said now you can't have it for 30 days we can't have it for a year or whatever it might be and then you sit down, I get you really hungry. We don't feed you for a day. You're starving. And then we put the most beautiful, you know, plate of spaghetti bolognese and it's got the cheese and the sauce and all the stuff over it. And what do you do? Look at your face already. You're like, Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just imagining it. So you demolish it, right? So it's amazing. Yeah. But now here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. What makes that day, what makes that bowl of spaghetti the most beautiful thing ever? Is it the spaghetti or is it the weight? Is it the year that you didn't have it? Kind of all comes into one. It's the, yeah. it's the waiting and then I get to have it. And it comes into one for this reason. Because mm. everything, it's all linked together. Yeah. It's all linked together. So if you understand that process 
And that is a belief. That's a way of thinking within your life. You can go through the hundred days thinking, what do you think? This bag bowl is going to be the fucking best bag bowl I've ever eaten in my life. And because of this hundred days that I haven't had it, I'm so grateful for these hundred days because these hundred days are the only reason, the main reason why when I do eat it, it's going to be so delicious. I'm going to appreciate it so much. And that is, that's the path of mastery rather than, you know, the path of fucking delusion. Yeah. Or the path of frustration, I should say, because that's what's going to equal. It's nothing to think about anyway. Yeah, no, I like that. Kind of feel like spaghetti bolognese now. I <laughs> <laughs> go for dinner. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so something I wanted to ask you. So if you could tell your 18-year-old self, and when I say 18, I mean the one that just moved four and a half oh, yeah. away yeah. and that person, if you could uh, tell them anything, what would it be? I think well, the first thing pops in my head is like, no matter what it is that you do, no matter what it is you've done, um, like you're always worthy of love. So no matter what it is you've done, no matter what it is that you're going to do, like you're always worthy of love and like you're good to fucking rock and roll. The next thing after that is like, I would say, hey, understand that every step of the way and everything that you do is going to matter. It's going to play some role in some part, whether you're on the bloody you know, ground of the bathroom crying your face off because you don't know what you do yourself or do with yourself. It's like that is going to play a part in the whole thing. So you've got to walk the path. You can't not. That's what I would say. I'd really want that 18-year-old to understand. It's like, hey, you need to understand that you can't not walk this path. So if you're going to fucking walk it, walk it. But don't walk it with your head down and crying. Walk it with your chin up and fucking have a crack. Hmm. That's that's the first thing that popped in my head. If you ask me tomorrow, it'd probably be different. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be adding all your links to this video so that if people feel called to, they can get in touch with you. Um, yeah, definitely. What is something that you are working on right now? that people might be interested in what you're doing yeah definitely so i think a really cool thing that i've been doing for the last couple of months now is creating what i call the self-mastery school it is just all my uh wisdom lessons classes through nlp timeline therapy and uh, hypnosis and many other things crammed into an online school where people can take different classes and learn about different things it might be purpose and mission finding out how to clear out negative emotions how to uh, destroy limited decisions. There's a whole heap of things on there. So if you go to uh, studyselfmastery.com forward slash school, it'll take you to there. It is a super, super powerful thing that I've been working on. So definitely do that. It'll, uh, it'll change the game. And other than that, obviously like the live trainings, right? So teaching and certifying people in these three modalities and the next training is coming up on the 11th of March on the Gold Coast. Okay, great. Get along to that. If you want to learn these yeah. skills, I tell you what, <laughs> it will only it'll only flip your world upside down the best possible way. So mm. like I'm very, very biased. People say, Oh, do you think I should learn them? I'm like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I every I think everyone should learn that. Yeah, 100 percent All right. 
Well, thank you for just right. coming on Very well. having this discussion with me. It's, um, it's been really insightful. Oh, good. Hmm. Glad I can help out. Um, you know, if you've got uh, guys watching this or listening to this, if you've got any questions, send them through. Or, you know, even if you want to just send a, send a quick message saying, oh, my God, like I got this out of it or I got that out of it. That would be super cool. I'm always really fascinated on how people learn different things and have different perspectives of different things. Sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, I never even thought of that. So, you know, help me out just as much as help them out. Yeah. I might even do the same. I got a lot out of um, just having that discussion with you. And, right. you know, a few things came up for me. So, yeah, thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. I think, um, you know, when... Yeah, when you've got like true empowerment is when like you personally or I personally can do something with it. So, you know, whatever whatever comes up, happy days. That's like the hundred days. It's like, oh, this is the good part because that's going to allow me to experience, you know, the the, the great. So, mm. yeah, it's all it's it's all good, and you just get through it every day, step by step. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you guys for uh, for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank mm -hmm. you.